recording. Good evening. Today is September 12th, Tuesday, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is step nine um, how in how it works. And our speaker tonight is Kara. Thank you very much. Is that my cue? Yeah, <laughs> Cara L. <laughs> Hi, my name is Cara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater uh, in California. So as you can see from my windows behind me and on the recordings, or you can't see this, uh, it's still bright and sunny here uh, in California. Um, it's nice to see a couple familiar faces and I see a couple of familiar names that I know from other meetings, which always is a, a delight, our fellowship. I'm. I'm always surprised and then my heart fills every time I see somebody in a different meeting that I don't usually go to. So, and then to see all the new faces. Um, so as I said, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm here in, in Long Beach, California. Uh, I have been in OA going, oh, 19 years, going on 20 years, it'll be 20 years next, next June. And, um, my recovery has had many different phases over the last 20 years. Um, the only thing that I have ever done perfectly in this program is I never left. Um, I always stayed, my butt was in the chair, um, through everything, through different meetings, different sponsors, different ways to work the steps. Um, so OA has always had me in its cradle. I, if you were to look up, I'm just going to give a brief history of myself. Um, if you looked up everything that came from a 1980s latchkey child, all the all the things that come with that, that's me. And just you know, take a psychology class, tick 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 tick, divorced parents, letting myself in and out. I'm a middle child too, so just add on to that. So I'm not going to go into big detail about my childhood. Um, alcoholism runs rampant in my family. I don't really drink, so. Uh, I can't anymore, actually, it makes me really ill. But um, when I did, I barely did because uh, food, food for me has always been the draw. And food for me is what filled the void. Food for me, um, you know, I, I could always though, up through high school, I could always diet and lose it. And I got into college and the compulsive, overeating phase hit heavy and I ate and um, I got to my highest weight when I was in college. I happened to be dating and eventually married a man who has an extremely fast metabolism and I used to eat with him and I'd gain weight and he would be fine. <laughs> you know? And uh, bless his heart, he never said anything as I kept changing sizes and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, there came a time we got married and we had children and there came a day I looked at him and I said I can no longer diet and I don't know if you can identify with this but this is what my, my life looked like every night I would go to bed demoralized promising myself that the morning, the Monday the new year, the new month would be different I would wake up every single morning. I would eat my diet breakfast. I still remember it. 
and then I would compulsively eat throughout the day until I got to the end of the day demoralized, promising myself it would be better the next day. That was my every day. I married that man I ate with in God. He's loving, kind, generous. At the peak of this, before I walked into the rooms, I had kicked him out of the house. I had two small children. I was a screaming shrew of a mother. And I was compulsively eating and beating myself up every day. That's just what it was. That was my life. One of the conditions of my husband returning to the home was that we had to go therapy. And this is where outside help has, has helped me is that the person we were working with said, mentioned that they were a member of Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, she saw that I had an issue. And um, I knew, I remember my words when I looked at her, I said, oh, that's probably something I need. That was, that was such a little tagline, ah, maybe. <laughs> and so from that point on, I found a meeting. I went to my very first meeting. Uh, I didn't understand anything they were saying. They were talking about abstinence. They, they had a long time member that was moving. And so everybody was saying goodbye. And, but I will tell you, I walked in June of 2004. I have never left the rooms. Thank you so much, Leslie. I can see that. So that's awesome. I've never left the rooms. Uh, so I immediately, within six weeks, got a sponsor. Um, I had this, you know, I, I started working the steps with her. I've worked all the steps, but this was a sponsor I called every single day, except Monday through Friday. Um, I, you know, she never said much about my food and we, we worked through the steps, but, you know, I took like a year to write my fourth step. Um, it took a really long time. I was still going to meetings. I was still doing service and I did find some recovery. Um, I will tell you that before my big spiritual awakening, I did have recovery. You know, I firmly believe every year that I put into this program, every month, every day is a step further down the path to where I am today. Um, no experience is wasted. No times through the big book is wasted. Uh, no times with a sponsor, every single meeting, every single service position, none of it's been wasted. Okay. Every bit of it has it went into my spiritual awakening. So, you know, I stayed in program. It was, you know, 15 years into the program. What kept me in? Well, I have a fabulous, uh, used to be a face-to-face -face meeting that uh, I went to that had the women in this meeting had the most glorious recovery and there was a kindness in there and there was a spirituality like I don't know if you know but I know when I'm talking to a recovered person I know when I see a person who's had a spiritual awakening because there is I there's a couple lines in the books that says in the big book that says there's something about their eyes right? Something about the constants. You just know. And there were several women in the meeting with this kind of recovery. And we're, we're blessed in Southern California at the birthplace of OA, right? So there's meetings all the time. And there's people's, people in my meetings with 30, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of recovery. And 
they all had the same story. It took me eight years. It took me 10 years. It took me this, this many years, right? But none of them ever left. They never left. And that's what kept me coming until I had a big spiritual awakening. And my spiritual awakening came out of the blue. I knew I needed to rework the steps. My original sponsor had, I was with her for 12 years. Um, I knew I needed to rework the steps. So I, I was on the phone with a friend who we'd been sending, an OA fellow who'd been sending her food back and forth to each other for years. To no avail, I still was eating things that set off the allergy in my body. And I had resentment with her and we were talking things through and out of my mouth came, I can't believe I'm saying this, but would you take me through the steps again? And I think I've been through the steps about three or four times up until that point. And she said, she kind of was taken aback and said, yes. And we worked through the steps in about six or seven, maybe eight weeks. I knew, and I can't tell you what it is, that spiritual moment that I knew Certain food categories were just not mine to eat anymore. They just weren't. And I was so honest with it. It wasn't something somebody suggested. I just, it was, it was how I saw a power greater than myself working in my life. I knew. And I stopped eating them. And there was no fight. There was no work around. There was no substitutions. It just, they left. And I, and I did these steps. And I know that tonight, to focus on step nine a little bit into action. And, you know, the other steps I had made amends, you know, and I had been taught how, how I make amends, you know, besides an eight, you know, writing them out is to be very simple, straightforward, should fit on a three by five card, you know, basic formula of, this is what I did, and this was selfish, dishonest, or self-seeking. Um, sometimes I, I throw out and you didn't deserve that, you know, and then I'm very sorry for how it affected our relationship or something along that. And then, you know, is there anything else I need to know? And then I get to sit and listen. There's no defense. It's just I sit and listen. And I'll tell you, some of my amends, I had never really made amends in my earlier steps to like my family. I kind of had a little bit here nor there. Thank you, Leslie. But I hadn't sat down with my parents and said, you know, I was really buried in a in an eating disorder and I was not a you know, I was not a great daughter. I worried you needlessly. I did reckless things, you know, and I'm really sorry for that and you know the response was it was like you know this weight that I've been carrying with me was lifted just lifted and same with my children who who both said to me oh mama you were the best mama you know they're so kind I I, I am graced with children that are just so kind and so wonderful loving now my husband Oh God, I work on that one. That one is, you know, almost a weekly amends and a loving amends continuously. Um, poor, the poor man is like my scapegoat. Of, if I'm feeling everything, it goes directly to him. And he's such a kind and generous, loving soul. So, you know, today I, I step back and I say, okay, 
higher power, you know, show me how you see him. Show me how you would like me to treat him. Um, today in my life, you know, when I'm making my amends, I'm like, God, whatever needs to happen here, I, whatever's your will, um, one of our members in one of my meetings says, your will and my will be mine. You know, God, your will and my will be one. Instead of your will, not my will be done, your will and my will be one. And, um, and today, that's what I want, right? When I'm moving into these amends with people, I mean, I had to pay money back. I, you know, it, it's so hard. And today, I will admit, a lot of my motivation is be kind and compassionate. You don't want to have to make amends. <laughs> you don't want to have to do it, so just don't screw it up at the beginning, right? Um, and, you know, there's step tens. I know it's all ahead of nine, but staying on top of my behavior so that when I do have to go back in a step 10 to a nine and make amends, right? I see it immediately before it's become this big thing. And I just take care of it immediately, right? Sometimes I catch myself right in the middle of it and I'll dial back and I'll go, wait a minute. I'm sorry, that wasn't very kind. You know, that was inconsiderate of me. And back it back and just say, I really apologize. You know, you didn't deserve that, you know, or, and, and today I know like, I don't make these decisions on my own. I have a power greater than myself who makes these decisions. Um, I would rather make an amends than live carrying the weight. I would rather be able to literally and physically, right? I mean, I would rather be able to walk into any room, any family function, anywhere, and not have to, oh, let me walk across the room because I don't really want to interact with that person, right? I would rather just walk into a room and have compassion and be of service. You know, um, the closer I get to the power greater than myself, the more I just say, I don't care what the day looks like, God. Just let me serve. Show how I can, I can be of service to somebody, how I can be helpful, how I can be kind and loving and compassionate. Um, so many prayers, you know, I love the offend prayer, you know, like, you know, God, so-and-so is, is sick or sick like I am. You know, how am I be of service? God, please keep me from getting angry. Your will be done. Right. And that moment moves me from being angry and resentful into, oh, I can ask my higher power to help me with the anger. I can ask my power, higher power, how do I serve in this instance? How can I be compassionate in this instance? Right. Um, today, I have food neutrality today. Um, the foods that I put on that list, you know, five years ago. They don't call at all. I'm hypervigilant, you know, when, when I'm eating something that I'm not familiar with, you know, I read my labels. I, you know, today I gladly get up early and I, and I, I get up. The first thing I do is I just say, you know, good morning, God, how can I serve today? I do my meditation. I do my morning routine. I might go for a walk. Thank you. I listen to a meeting every single day in the morning on the phone at 7 a.m. 
I does some eating, and then I take sponsees for an hour. So by the time I start into work during the day, I've already done usually two to three hours of, of program work, you know, whether being a service on the meeting or working with sponsees or having my quiet time, uh, taking my moving meditation with my higher power. And then throughout the day, I, you know, I stop. When I get, let me tell you, when I'm like, ooh, all wound up, and like, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I'm all wound up and I drop the glass I'm holding because I'm moving too fast, you know, or I spill something or, or I, that's my case. I'm like, all right, God, I invite you in. And I take a breath. Show me your will today and how to move forward, you know, and then things just kind of settle. You know, I'm learning today that my will is complicated and manipulative and difficult. <laughs> when it's my higher power's will, it just kind of floats in there. You know, somehow things just, I don't know how many people this happened, like things just, good things just happen, right? Things that I would have, you know, planned. Um, you know, Roseanne's book, you know, it says, our founder are beyond our wildest dreams. And I think about that sometimes and like, I want it beyond my wildest dreams. And sometimes things do happen beyond my wildest dreams because I'm not in charge. Uh, the dumber I am, the more I know that I don't know how to do something and I ask for help, the more successful I'm gonna be. Yeah. Um, today I sponsor fellows all over the world. You know, um, it just happens to work out with the time that I can sponsor and European time. So I have a lot of sponsees in, you know, South Africa, uh, Germany, Israel, UK, Ireland, you know, if you had asked me three years ago, I would have been telling you you're crazy. I had never even made an international call. Okay. Now I'm talking to different countries, you know, I'm zooming around the world. I go to meetings of an international meeting I go to, and I have international fellows. I have fellows all over the United States. I have fellows from my original meetings. I have fellows People ask me, like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm on a step 10 train. Something happens, I just put step 10 into my phone and a whole list of people come up that I can call, right? My phone is filled with fellows. I am never alone. I tell I tell my sponsees, you know, in Europe and things, and any, any of my step 10 partners that are overseas, I go, I'm in the middle of the night call. I'm eight hours behind you. 10 hours behind you. So, you know, you're up in the middle of the night, you call me, right? I'm awake. Um, I have called the opposite direction. I've been up at midnight and called Ireland, right? Because I have a, a, a way fellow, a, a sister in this program, not my real sister, but we're so tight, you know, in Ireland. And and I call her, she calls me like, I noticed you sent, you just sent your food. You know, every night I still... Every single night I do a review. I send that review to my sponsor every single night and my OA sister. And I put my food on the bottom of every night. Why? My food shouldn't be a secret. My sponsor says, you don't need to send me your food anymore. I'm like, yeah, but it needs not to be a secret. The world needs to be able to see my food if that's, if that's you know, because that's just what it is, right? And I'm not so good at night. So I do, I usually do my review right after dinner because then food's done. I'm done eating dinner. My food is done. I send it all off. Nothing happens after that. And then I pick up, you know, and when I get in bed, I just say, God, you know, please forgive any trespasses in this day. 
and direct me in the next day how I can better serve. One minute. Thank you, Leslie. Perfect. You know, and I'm just blessed today. I, if you told me the things I have today when I walked in the rooms 20 years ago, the people I can say I can now be in the same room with because I've made amends, the, you know, just asking for the, the loving guidance of a power greater than myself, I wouldn't have believed you, right? And today I just get so many gifts. Even this meeting, I mean, Melissa asked me like four days ago and I was like, look, I'm free. And I had a rough couple of days and I'll tell you, thank you for every one of you being here because your fellowship has made my day 100% better. You know, just being here in the meeting today with all of you and seeing all your faces has turned my day around. So thank you. And with that, I pass. I'm going to mute. We will now open the meeting for questions. Thank you very much, Cara. We will now open the meeting for questions or three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the will call on the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Uh, would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? Thank you. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, uh, first up is Claudine B, and then we have Liz Z. Hi, I'm Claudine B in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Kara, thank you so much for your share. You are so serene. Um, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. And I love your story. And when you started giving a picture of the demoralization that lasted 24 hours, I mean, you have that flicker of hope in the morning where you think this time I'm going to do it. And then it just, you just can't, you just fail again. And I, I so identified with it, just the way that you shared it. And then just to hear your story of restoration, I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. And I also identify with, you know, being in for so many years and then all of a sudden it just hits, you reach that point of surrender and it's like, you've been struck by lightning. And it takes what it takes for everybody. And I used to hate it when people would say that to me because I didn't think they understood my, my unique pain. And so I just, but it's just the truth. I mean, it's, it, and now I can look back and think that's why it too, I wasn't ready to hear this and I wasn't ready to hear this and those pieces. And, and then when you talked about, um, just the incredible friendships we get from this. I mean, all the different blessings that we get from this program make the weight loss a bonus that's thrown in at the end. It's like you get this, 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 and 
that when you, you know, as you're look what's under your chair. I mean, it's like, it's just incredible. It's incredible. So thank you so much for your share. It was really touching and it was a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thanks so much, Claudine. Next up, we have Ann L. and then Amy L. Hi, my name is Ann. I am a gratefully recovered compulsive reader and very grateful to be here tonight. Um, thank you um, so much, um, Cara or Kara. I'm not sure how you said it, but thank you very much. It was a great, great um, share of your story. Um, I related to the demoralization a lot. I remember that. And, um, you know, I when I came, I wasn't really ready to be here, but I knew I needed to be here. Um, and um, so I, I wasn't really ready to give everything up right away. And it took me a few weeks, but um, I did eventually. And um, that was a hard time. Um, that those first few weeks were difficult, um, but I knew that um, I had to do something differently. And um, I finally was able to do that. And, um, you know, um, step nine, I remember when I got here, I had just, I had put off these last two little things. I came from the beverage program. so. I had done a lot of work already, and um, but I, <laughs> I put off these little last things that, you know, those last things that, you know, the, the, big, the biggest harms that I had left. And then when I finally did those, it was an amazing feeling to complete that and know that, um, you know, when I thought that I had, you know, I would was going to end up owing someone money. And this person was so kind and said, Oh my goodness, no, my life is bigger and better than it's ever been. And, and just, she shared so much of herself and where she's been and what she had done with her life and her family. And, and so it totally changed my, you know, I mean, that for me was a huge, huge um, God moment for me because I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to pay back someone. And, um, you know, and that was um, something that really gave me pause to look at harms and, um, and to know that in, at least in some areas, I would um, try very hard not to do that ever again. Um, because, uh, you know, it's that incomprehensible demoralization of doing things that are just so awful that, you know, um, I, I don't even know how I could have done those things. And, but I know it was the insanity of the disease because I had no grasp of what I was doing when I did that. I have absolutely none. So um, grateful to be here tonight. Um, thank you again for your share. And that's all I have. Thank you. Um, actually, uh, Liz had popped off the screen. I know that she was next. Um, Amy, uh, can we have Liz speak next? And then we'll have you. Okay. Hi, this is Liz, compulsive overeater. Um, Kara, thank you. I'm so glad you're available. Um, I think about you all the time. Uh, I think about um, how you've always told me 
about asking God's opinion on things and then getting quiet and listening. Um, I really needed to practice that today. Uh, but it's, it's funny where you're, you're talking about amends. Um, earlier today, I actually, I was a little bit dishonest with my boss and, uh, and she kind of like called me out and I, you know, I definitely like did something against my integrity and it was selfish and, and it really was like sending me into a spiral. And then, you know, kind of after sitting with it, I realized like, this is just an opportunity to make an amends. Like I made a mistake. I have to own it and um, like do what God would have me do. Like whether that be like talk to her tomorrow or whatever it is, but um, that, that there's a place even for my mistakes in, in God's plan. And that like, I will have to make amends. Like I will make mistakes. Um, and, uh, and I think like another thing I heard in your share is that this program is like about having a real spiritual experience, like with a higher power and, um, that that's like, that's gotta be underneath all of it. Like I've been through the steps several times too. And it's like, yeah, I know how to make amends at this point, but, but, you know, you just thinking about making this amends was really kind of like setting me off and I couldn't really figure out why. And I realized like, I wasn't, I wasn't extending God's love to myself first. Like I can't be of service to other people when I'm like, not allowing God's love in on myself. I think that makes sense. At least that's how I experience it. Like I have to allow God to love me before I can go out and like try to be of service to other people. Um, and I think that's, that's the experience. Like I've really been looking for like this last time that I've been through the steps. Um, and yeah, your share just reminded me of that. Like that's, it, it always has to be like a heart experience. Um, so I'll pass. I'm really grateful to have heard you. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Next up, we have Amy. Hi, everyone. Amy L. in California. Grateful Compulsive Eater. Um, thank you so much, Kara. I, I always love hearing you share. And um, I also related so much to how you described what, what our life is like was like before program um i loved how you said the only thing you did perfectly was you never left i could say the only thing i did perfectly was i always came back <laughs> um and and um you know you reminded me when you described like a day in the life of a true alcoholic a true compulsive eater um what i remember was how much I lived in fantasy, you know, the fantasy that I could wake up in the morning and eat my diet breakfast. I got this. And then before I knew it, I was off and running. Um, and then the ultimate fantasy, and I did this a lot, was I would get a gallon of ice cream and a fitness magazine and have them together because I was stuck in fantasy. And to me, that is such bondage of self. Like I've learned in this program, the God, I find God when I'm willing to be in reality. I have to be in reality. 
Amy doesn't always want to be in reality, but yet that's where all the change comes from when I let go of my beliefs, my fantasies of the way things should be. I also really appreciate your honesty in sharing that you make a lot of amends to your husband. I caught myself the other day thinking, oh my God, Amy, like how recovered can you be when you're you you you're always doing your 10th step and then making amends. But, you know, like I said to my husband, I, I had written my nightly review and sent it off and I put in it, you know, I, I was snappy with him. I was snappy. And, and I just, I said, well, I'll, I wrote, I'll make comments tomorrow. And the beauty of recovery in this way of life is it doesn't feel good. I want to feel good when I go to sleep. So I marched over the couch and I said, honey, I want to say I'm sorry for being snappy with you because I don't always give you my best self. And I want, I love you so much and I want to give you my best self. And he's funny. He did, He said, I feel bad because I don't like examine myself the same way. And I said, it's okay. But anyway, I just want to share that, that that's the best feeling, doing the right thing because it feels right. It feels good. So thank you for being such a testimony to that. And thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you, Amy. Um, I'll actually take a share. Hi, my name is Maureen. I'm a compulsive overeater in New Jersey. Thank you so much, Cara. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of new to leading this meeting, so it's kind of in fits and starts. But I'm so glad that you're here. And just um, the calmness with which you bring uh the message of this program um, is just, it just kind of felt like sitting here, like floating, you know, just listening to you. And uh, some of the things I definitely want to take away, um, you talking about, you know, you will, my will be one. Um, I'm definitely going to use that because that's ultimately, you know, I, like when I say your will, not my will, I can feel the resistancy. I feel that, but when I ultimately know that I want to do whatever God wants to put before me. Um, and then the other thing, when you said, you know, the, the food, food filling the void, um, that was, that was something for me. And I remember um, that my, uh, my sponsor, because food was my comfort, you know, it filled the void. It uh, checked all the boxes. It was my boyfriend. It was my, you know, companion, whatever. And so when I came to program the second time uh, around, uh, basically uh, my sponsor said, you know, that God could be my comfort. God could be my solution because food would, because I was making food my solution. And that was something that I, um, that uh you know stayed with me and really guide guided me along this journey so with that i'll pass and next we have janet um actually i have to at this time can i ask for the um 